And now for the Legal Mumble Jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Spacious and beautifully bodacious. Walk of I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania. It is yet another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. I am, as always, your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic. Thank you for joining me for yet another boring edition of a ranting, raving, pissing, and moaning about topics you probably don't give a shit about. So sit back and ask yourself this, with all the multitudes of podcasts out there, why the hell am I listening to him? You know, lately as we get closer to February, uh, you look back and you, you realize that universal love seems harder and harder to find. I guess it's easier to hate than it is to love. I mean, after all, just look at the media. Look back to uh, the 50s and 60s. There was an optimism that love could triumph over the world. I'm not using rose-colored glasses. I know there's always somebody screwing things up. Evil is always sticking up its nasty little head, making people do dumbass things. However, back then, there was a belief that we, as the country, were on the right track, and that as long as we showed compassion and understanding to each other, the world had a greater chance of being a better place. There was an optimism. Really, don't laugh. Look at the show Star Trek. It showed a positive future. Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, believed that if we showed respect, understanding, and kindness, the world could become a better place. He believed that if we set aside all our isms, the world and all of mankind could achieve wonderful and marvelous things. Many people really believed at the time that achieving utopia or something close to it was attainable. But for every yin, there's a yang. And on the other side of that coin, we had the doom and gloomers. They were individuals claiming that if we kept the current rate of population, the longest the world could sustain that growth would be on the mid-80s, at which time we would run out of resources and starve to death. And there were others telling us that we had to shut down all manufacturing because pollution will kill us within 25 to 30 years. Yes, much like the people screaming about global warming today, Oh, I'm sorry, climate change. The only difference between back then and now 
is the Doom and Gloomers have learned to adapt their claims of the end of the world to fit whatever the new newest scare is. If you're going to preach that the world is going to end, you have to make sure that the end of all times is a long way off, so you can keep on selling books, making speeches, and profiting from your made-up causes. Even though there's always doom and gloomers, there was a genuine, real, honest-to-God belief that hope in a better world were in our grasp, and if we did the right things, our children and our grandchildren would live in a world of peace and prosperity beyond what we could ever imagine. But things were different then, a lot different. There was a legitimate belief in the golden rules that were followed more often than they were discarded. And what were they? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Show kindness to one another. Be respectful to one another. Another person's opinion was to be listened to and respected. There was a belief in free speech. Now, I'm not claiming it was a utopia, but there was a greater respect and dignity towards your fellow man than what is exhibited today. Case in point. California, in San Francisco right now, today, there is a problem with illegals and the homeless, that people are making makeshift tent cities on sidewalks. It's been reported that the amount of people defecating in the streets in the last few years has gone up approximately 400%, along with theft, robbery, rape, and other violent crimes. And trust me, San Francisco is not the only city being burdened with these self-inflicted problems. Once upon a time, we lived in a country where a good majority of the people thought of others before themselves, where it wasn't considered immoral to limit the amount of people defecating in our streets, where a town, a county, or state would value the rights, the legality, the financial burden to its citizenry more than it would value those who broke its state and federal laws. And that wasn't considered being cruel. That was not considered being heartless. It was being respectful of the legitimate citizens of the United States of America. It was considered just common decency. The government believed on both sides of the aisle that they had a moral obligation to live within their means. Case in point, in approximately 200 years, our nation has acquired a little over half a trillion dollars of debt. In the last 46 years, the national debt has exploded to now almost $30 trillion, and most of that was wasteful spending. Today, our debt that we paid by your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children stands at a very close to $30 trillion. How can any government saddle its people with that kind of insurmountable debt and believe that we have a bright future? How can a government force its people to abide by federal and state law while allowing an entire class of non-citizens to not be subjected to the same laws as its country's legal residents and consider itself fair? just, and moral. What happened over the last 50 years that took us from a time that there was an optimism, respect, hopefulness, and adherence to the law by all, and where a tax burden and government spending was at an acceptable rate, when a nation took its deficit seriously, it did not shackle future generations because of its reckless spending? How do we get from a time when colleges, colleges educated students instead of indoctrinating them, where a media was truly non-biased, where elections, no matter their outcome, were respected by both sides, and a time where it was inconceivable to believe that our government would place a higher value on those who are in this country illegally as opposed to those who were born and raised in this country and served this nation with distinction and honor. What happened to us? What happened to us as a people to take us from that point to today? How many of you have ever read George Orwell's book, 1984? 
you've read it. The whole story sounds frightfully familiar to today, not because of the possibility that it might happen, but due to the reality that we are living through it at this very moment as we are being smothered in an avalanche of political correctness. And what is our weapon to use against such tyranny? It's the Constitution. But look at what is now being said and rewritten about our founding fathers. Just like in George Orwell's book, we're being told that they were racist slave owners and a bunch of old Christian white guys. All this is being said by the powers that be, all an attempt to discredit their great lives, their great sacrifice, and their great works in creating this nation. And when the people do rise up and speak out in a loud voice to the powers that be, to this huge tyrannical bureaucracy that controls us and sets forth a champion of the little guy who is legally, legitimately, constitutionally elected to put an end to this madness, to put a stop to Big Brother, to, in his words, drain the swamp, to end the tyranny of the propaganda promoted by our press, the overreach of our government, and all of their supporters. They crucified him, discredited him, challenged his mental state of mind and his legitimacy as president. They ran false stories about him, accusing him of racism, anything that discredited him with more hatred and more vile than shown to a president of the United States of America than at any other time. And all this came during a virus that was released by the Chinese, to which liberal politicians demanded mail-in ballots to keep everybody safe from this virus, which caused an individual with dementia to be elected, a puppet for the deep state. And even though the illegality of this election was obvious to everyone who had eyes and common sense, we were told by the government, the media, the entertainment industry, and all those followers of an anti-American agenda to sit down, shut up, and believe the impossible. We were told to believe that an individual who couldn't get more than two to three hundred supporters at a presidential rally received more votes, approximately 83 million, than any other person in American history. And all this was due to mail-in ballots. So I asked the question one more time. What has changed over the last 50 years that has taken us from a nation of hope, of free speech, of dreaming of a better tomorrow, of a clean street, free of defecation, of reasonable taxation, of a government respecting its legal citizenry, of everyone being equal under the law? What has changed? Why does our press, our government, our colleges, people in power, have a closer resemblance to the evil dictators of George Orwell's book than to our founding fathers, who created this nation and set it on a course of true freedom. This is something worth reflecting on. Don't let others tell you what to think or what to believe. Don't allow our future to be written by men and women who seek to limit your freedoms. Do not believe that there is dignity in public officials who become multimillionaires while supposedly serving the people. Do not take solace in those who burden our nation with unsurmountable debt and falsely believe they are doing it for just and righteous causes. Do not fall victim to a wave of negative false emotions that are propaganda, trying to trick you into believing lies and deceit and accept them as truth and fact. There's always hope. There's always a chance that a nation can correct itself, but I tell you it's not going to happen unless we change the direction we're going. It's harder to believe in a brighter tomorrow and a future filled with hope, prosperity, and peace when you're walking down the sidewalks trying to avoid stepping in someone else's excrement. Thank you. 
Hi, my friends, of course, I'm Frank the Lunatic, and I, of course, as always, have approved this message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that.